بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the battle of Al-Khandaq the battle of the trench also known as غزوة الأحزاب the battle of the confederates and we spoke about how this battle ended with the different tribes that had come into this confederation or had come into this alliance how these different tribes realized that they lost this battle and they finally decided to retreat so the siege of Medina at the battle of Al-Khandaq it lasted for a very long time it actually lasted for 45 days and finally, after 45 days of failure to infiltrate Medina, Abu Sufyan, who was the head of the confederation, he decided to retreat. And the other tribes who were allied in that confederation also decided to do the same. So everyone decided to retreat. And it was the great companion Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman who had the honor of giving this good news to the Prophet that the Ahzab, that this alliance, this confederation had decided to retreat. It was Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman who gave this good news to the Prophet So on the 45th night, the last night of the siege, it was an extremely cold and dark and windy night. It was very cold, it was very windy, and it was very dark. It was so dark that you can't even see who is next to you. That's how dark it was. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Who will go and bring me back news from the enemy camp and he will be with me in Jannah. He will be with me on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And nobody volunteered. So this happened three times. And nobody volunteered. This is how serious the situation was. This is how tired and exhausted the situation of the Muslims was at that time. It was so cold, it was so windy, it was so dark. So the Prophet ﷺ, he moved and he felt someone. And he asked, who is this? And it was Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. So Hudayfa answered, Hudayfa, it's Hudayfa ya Rasulullah. And Hudayfa was scared that the Prophet ﷺ is going to tell him to get up and go. Nobody had volunteered and he wasn't planning on volunteering either. But now that the Prophet ﷺ had felt that he's here. Nobody could see each other. It was so dark. So when he asked, who is it? Hudayfa said, it is me. It is Hudayfa. And he was afraid the Prophet ﷺ would tell him to go to the enemy camp and bring him news. And that is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did. He said, Qum, stand up, ya Hudayfa. You go and bring me back the news. So then Hudayfa even though he wasn't planning on volunteering, when the Prophet ﷺ told him, get up and go, he said, When the Prophet said, Qum, then that was it. I had no choice. I had to stand up and go. No arguing, no trying to get the Prophet to send someone else, no complaining to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, it's so cold, it's so dark, I won't know where I'm going. Nothing like that. He said, I didn't want to go, but when the Prophet ordered me to go, that was it. I had no choice in the matter. I did what I had to do. 
I had to take whatever difficulty might come in my way. But the Prophet ﷺ gave me a command and I had to fulfill that command. This was the attitude of the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ always. Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey. Whether it's easy for us or it's not easy for us, if the Prophet ﷺ would give them a command, they would do it. So this was the command of the Prophet ﷺ to Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman Go to the enemy camp, get information, find out what they're planning to do. But the Prophet ﷺ strictly ordered Hudayfa to only go and get information. Don't make any moves. Don't do anything that would incite them in any way. Just go quietly, discreetly, get information and come back. That's it. So Hudayfa, he got up. And Hudayfa when he mentions this incident, he said he only had one piece of clothing. It was so cold, but he only had one small piece of clothing to cover his body. And that piece of clothing only went a little bit past his knees. That's it. So imagine being in such a cold temperature and having only one garment to cover your body. And it doesn't even cover your whole body. It just went a little bit past his knees. So he got up and he started walking towards the trench in order to go down the trench and then come out of the trench on the other side on the enemy side and he said as soon as he got up and started to walk he felt a warmth around him the coldness was gone he just felt a warmth around him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him this warmth because he was doing the mission that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ordered him with so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped him with that and he gave him this warmth so all the way going he went to the trench he went inside the trench he came out of the trench on the other side during this whole trip he was feeling that warmth around him he wasn't affected by the cold so he reached the trench he went into it and he quietly came out on the other side towards the northwestern side where the Quraysh had set up their camp so that's where he wanted to go to hear any news from them so he realized when he got to the other side of the trench that the wind on their side was much more severe than the wind on the Muslim side of the trench yes it was windy and cold on the Muslim side of the trench as well but the wind on the other side of the trench was much more severe and he saw that the kuffar were having trouble keeping their tents in one place the tents were flying away and the cooking pots were falling over and Hudayfa, he was witnessing all of this. So Hudayfa saw in the middle of the camp, in the middle of the Quraysh's camp, there was a big fire. And that was a campfire that they had set up to keep themselves warm. So he saw that big fire around there and he saw one man near the fire, warming himself up near the fire. And his back was towards Hudayfa. Hudayfa could only see the back of this man. So he didn't know who he was. But then the man spoke. He said, Halummu ilayya, Halummu ilayya. He called out to the people, Gather around me, gather around me. And then Hudayfa, he recognized who that was. He knew that was the voice of Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan, the leader of the Quraysh and the leader of this whole confederation. So when he realized this is Abu Sufyan and his back is right in front of me and there's no one in between us he thought to himself I have a perfect shot here so he took out his bow and his arrow and he was ready to shoot at Abu Sufyan 
Imagine that killing the leader of the whole confederation. So he was ready to shoot Abu Sufyan. But then he remembered the instructions of the Prophet ﷺ. Just go and get news and don't do anything that will incite them. Get the news and come back. He remembered the words of the Prophet ﷺ and he put his arrow away. So Abu Sufyan is calling to his people, Halummu ilayya, halummu ilayya, gather around, gather around me. So it's so dark, nobody can even see each other. You can't even recognize each other, it's so dark. So Hudayfa, he went in that gathering as well. He infiltrated that gathering and he knew that nobody would be able to see him. So he went and he sat there as well, so he could listen to what Abu Sufyan had to say. So Abu Sufyan, once he had gathered his people, he said, okay, I'm going to talk about something that is very, very important. And I want each one of you to make sure you know who is next to you because we don't need any spies here to hear what I'm going to say. So I want each one of you see who is on your right and see who is on your left. Identify who is on your right, identify who is on your left. Of course, nobody could see each other because, because it was too dark, but still ask the person on your right who he is and ask the person on your left also who he is. Identify everyone. So now Hudayfa, for a second, he got scared. Like, okay, I'm going to be found out. But quickly, instead of him being asked, he asked first. Before anyone could ask, who are you? He asked the person on his right, who are you? And he asked the person on his left, who are you? And the person on his right said, I am Fulan, I am so-and-so. And the person on the left, he said, I am, I am Amr ibn al-As. So once he asked them, then they didn't ask him. They thought, okay, this guy is asking, he's making sure that, you know, he's, he's identifying who is with him. So there's no need to ask him. So nobody asked Hudayfa who he was. So he was safe. So now it came time for Abu Sufyan to speak about the important matter that he wanted to speak about. So he said, look, We've been here for so long, for so many days, and we have not been able to infiltrate Medina. It's cold, it's windy, and we have made no progress, and it doesn't look like we're going to make any progress. So I suggest that we leave, that we retreat. And the Quraysh, they were very happy to hear this. They were very happy to hear that Abu Sufyan wanted to retreat, and they all agreed. 45 days sitting there with no progress, and in this cold and in this difficulty, they hadn't seen their families for so long. Everyone just wanted to go home. So they all agreed to the suggestion of Abu Sufyan and they said, yes, let's go, let's go. So Hudayfa, he heard this very important news and he got up and he went back to the Muslim camp. And all the way back, on the way back to the Muslim camp, he still felt that warmth, that envelope of warmth around him. So he went back into the trench and he came back out on the Muslim side again. And then he went into the tent of the Prophet ﷺ to give him the good news. So once, once he reached the tent of the Prophet ﷺ, his mission was over. He had gone and he had come back with the news. Now the mission was over. So now that envelope of warmth that he had around him, it was gone too. Now he became very cold again. So he's in the tent of the Prophet ﷺ. He's very cold. The Prophet ﷺ is praying salah. And he notices Hudayfa come in and he realizes that Hudayfa is very cold. So he signals for Hudayfa. While the Prophet ﷺ is still praying, he didn't break his prayer. So while he's praying, 
he sees Hudayfa is very cold, he signals for Hudayfa to come near him. So Hudayfa comes near him, and the Prophet ﷺ opens his garment, he opens his thobe, so that Hudayfa can come inside, and he covers him with his thobe. And he continues to pray his salah. So Hudayfa said, the Prophet ﷺ continued to pray, and I was inside his garment, I was inside his thobe. Look at the rahmah of Rasulullah So the Prophet ﷺ, he finished his prayer while Hudayfa was inside his garment warming up. And once the Prophet ﷺ finished the prayer, he asked Hudayfa khabar? what is the news? And Hudayfa gave the Prophet ﷺ this important news that yes, Abu Sufyan has decided to retreat and it seems like the battle is over, that the confederation is going to leave. So this was very good news and the Prophet ﷺ was very happy with this news and he made dua for Hudayfa and he covered Hudayfa with his garment and he said, now you sleep, ya Hudayfa. Now you have a good rest, go and sleep. So Hudayfa, in the garment of the Prophet ﷺ, he slept and he slept a very nice sleep. And he only woke up by hearing the voice of the Prophet ﷺ saying, Qum, ya nawman. Wake up, oh sleepy one. So the Prophet ﷺ talking to him in a, in a joking way. Stand up, get up, oh sleepy one. So then Hudayfa radiallahu an he got up. By the morning time, the Ahzab, this whole confederation, they were gone. And the battle of Al-Ahzab, the battle of Al-Khandaq was over with a glorious victory for the Muslims, walhamdulillah. So these Muslims, alhamdulillah, they were victorious after a long, tough 45 days and 45 nights of this siege. And after this, the Muslims, alhamdulillah, they were finally able to return back to their homes. So the, so the Muslims, they went back to their homes. And the Prophet ﷺ, he also went back to his home. And he took off his armor, he took off his suit of war, and he went to take a bath. So the Prophet ﷺ went to take a bath. While the Prophet ﷺ was taking a bath, one of the Sahaba, his name was Dihya Al-Kalbi And he was known for being very handsome. He was a very good-looking man. So Dihya Al-Kalbi, he comes to the house of the Prophet ﷺ and he knocks on the door. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she opens the door. And Dihya asks her, where is Rasulullah? And Aisha radiallahu anha, she says he's taking a bath. And Dihya says, Nadi, call him. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, he's taking a bath. I told you, he's taking a bath. And Dihya said, Nadi, go and call him. So then Aisha radiallahu anha, she realized, okay, this must be something very serious. So she goes to the Prophet wasallam and she tells him, Ya Rasulullah, Dihya is calling for you. So the Prophet wasallam puts on his clothes and he goes and he meets with Dihya and he talks to him. And it turns out, that it really was not Dihya al-Kalbi. Rather, this was Jibreel alayhi salam, who had come in the form of Dihya al-Kalbi. He had come in the form of this man, this companion, 
of the Prophet ﷺ, Dihya al-Kalbi. But it was really Jibreel who had come in that form. So Jibreel, he asked the Prophet ﷺ, Have you put your weapons down? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Naam, yes. And then Jibreel السلام, said to the Prophet وسلم, But the angels, they still have not put their weapons down. And the Prophet وسلم, asked Jibreel السلام, Mal amr? What is the situation? And then Jibreel السلام, told the Prophet وسلم, Inna Allaha ya'muruka biqitali bani Qurayzah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered you to fight Bani Qurayza. And you remember Bani Qurayza, their betrayal, their treachery, and their alliance with the confederation. So now the order had come to fight Bani Qurayza. So the Prophet ﷺ immediately, he put back on his suit of war. And he went out of his house. And by that time, Jibreel ﷺ had already left. And the Prophet ﷺ came out of his house and he asked his companions, Did you see anything? And the companion said to the Prophet ﷺ, We just saw Dihya leave from your house. And the Prophet ﷺ said, That was not Dihya, that was Jibreel. And he told them of the order to go immediately to Bani Qurayza and to fight them. And he said to them, لا يصلين أحد العصر إلا في Bani Qurayza. None of you should pray Asr except in Bani Qurayza. Go, leave now so that you get to Bani Qurayza and you will pray Asr there. Leave immediately. So the Prophet ﷺ and the companions, they put back on their suits of war and they marched towards Bani Qurayza. And of course, Bani Qurayza knew what this was about. Bani Qurayza, they knew about what they had done and they knew the seriousness of the matter. So the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they came to Bani Qurayza and they surrounded the fortresses of Bani Qurayza. Bani Qurayza, they had these fortresses. And the Prophet ﷺ and his companions surrounded those fortresses. Now Bani Qurayza, they had a strong force of men. They had 700 men. And they had supplies and they had food and they had everything inside their fortresses. So they could have stayed there for a long period of time. Now the Prophet ﷺ, when he came, when he arrived at Bani Qurayza, he was very angry. And of course he had a right to be angry. The betrayal that they did to the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims, this treachery, this was the worst type of treason that was possible. And Banu Qurayza, they were guilty of this. So of course the Prophet ﷺ was very angry at them for breaking the agreement and breaking the treaty that they had with him. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said to them, Ya ikhwat al-qiradati wal-khanazir Oh you brothers of the monkeys and pigs, come down and you will submit to whatever judgment I rule against you. So these Jews of Bani Qurayza, they were very shocked to hear the Prophet ﷺ speaking to them with such anger. Because they knew that the Prophet ﷺ, he was always very patient and he was very forbearing. So they were very, very surprised at his anger in this situation. 
So they said to him, Ya Muhammad, Anta Halim. Oh Muhammad, you are patient and you are forbearing. Why are you getting so angry at us like this? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Today there is no forbearance for you. You will come down and you will submit to whatever judgment I rule against you. So now, these Jews of Bani Quraidah, they're very scared. They have not seen the Prophet ﷺ in this type of a state before. They have never seen him so angry. So they're scared and they talk amongst themselves. They consult each other. Should we go down or should we stay in here? So they're all very scared to come down. They think to themselves, if he's so mad at us right now, if we come down, he will kill all of us. So they were very afraid to come down. So they didn't come down. And the Prophet ﷺ ordered his companions to surround them. Now, in this battle, the battle against Bani Quraidah, the Munafiqeen participated with the Muslims. Remember, in the battle of Khandaq, the Munafiqeen, they, they slipped away. They didn't want to be part of it. But in this one, against Bani Quraidah, they wanted to be part of it. And the reasoning for that was because they thought this would be much easier. The confederation, that was a confederation of 10,000 men. So the Munafiqeen, they didn't want to deal with that many people. But Bani Quraidah, they only had 700 men. Also, Bani Quraidah had a lot of wealth. Inside their fortresses, they had a lot of gold and they had money and they had a lot of valuable things. So the Munafiqeen thought that if we participate in this, we will get a share of that as well. So it was not for Allah or His Messenger, but the Munafiqeen were thinking in terms of worldly benefit for themselves. So they wanted to participate with the Muslims in the Ghazwa, in the battle against Bani Quraidah. So the Jews, they wanted to negotiate with the Prophet ﷺ. So they said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Muhammad, send someone who is from one of our allied tribes. And the Aus, the tribe of Aus, they were allied with Bani Quraidah from before. Just like the tribe of Khazraj had been allied with Banu Qaynuqa', the tribe of Aus, they were allied with Banu Quraidah. So they said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Muhammad, send us someone from one of our allies who can negotiate. We can, we can come to some type of a deal. So, Abu Lubaba, one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, he was sent for this negotiation. So when Abu Lubaba entered upon Bani Quraidah, they asked him, Ya Abu Lubaba, oh Abu Lubaba, what do you think? What should we do? And Abu Lubaba said, you should surrender. You should surrender. Then they asked Abu Lubaba, okay, if we surrender, what do you think Muhammad will do with us? What do you think Muhammad will do with us if we surrender? They didn't know what the plan of the Prophet ﷺ was. Is he going to kill them? Is he going to exile them? What is he going to do? So they asked Abu Lubaba, what do you think Muhammad is going to do to us if we come down if we, and if we surrender? And unintentionally, without realizing it, Abu Lubaba, he just put his hand to his neck like this. He didn't realize what he was doing, but he just did it accidentally, unintentionally. And immediately he realized, oh, I let out the secret of Rasulullah These Jews of Bani Quraidah, they didn't know that the plan of the Prophet is to execute the men. 
But when Abu Lubaba did this signal, he realized that he had let it out. The secret of the Prophet ﷺ, that the plan was to execute the men of Bani Quraiza. And of course now that Bani Quraiza knows that the Prophet ﷺ is planning to kill them, they will not want to surrender. They will not want to surrender and they will rather just stay holed up in their fortresses. But Abu Lubaba immediately he realized his mistake. And he didn't even finish the negotiations with these people. He left immediately. And he went back to his home and he called his wife. He said to his wife, come with me. He took his wife to the masjid. And he told his wife, tie me up to this pillar. The masjid, it has these pillars. So he said to his wife, tie me up to the pillar. And I will not leave this position until Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, until he comes and unties me. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives me for what I have done. Even though he did it accidentally, mistakenly, unintentionally, he felt so guilty. He felt that he may have betrayed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he ordered for his wife to tie him up against one of the pillars in the masjid. When this news came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that this is what happened with Abu Lubaba, Abu, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, oh well, if he had just come to me and if he had just explained to me what had happened, I would have made istighfar for him. I would, I would have asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him. But now that he has done what he has done, now that he has tied himself on that pillar, I will wait for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decide for him. And I will only untie him after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given his decision. So Abu Lubaba radiallahu an, he stayed tied up to that pillar for six days. When it was time for salah or if he had to use the bathroom or if he had to eat or if he had to do anything, his wife would come and she would untie him for that purpose. And then she would tie him right back onto the pillar. And he stayed in this situation for six days, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed regarding him, And there are from amongst them those who admit to their sins. Those who admit to their sins, they mix some good deeds with some bad deeds. And perhaps Allah will forgive them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave Abu Lubaba and after some time the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam released him and he untied him from that pillar. So now that Bani Quraidha know that they are going to be executed, now they're not going to surrender. They don't plan to surrender. So they hold themselves up in their fortress and their leader Ka'b ibn Asad he gathered them and he wanted to discuss the options with them. Okay, what are our choices? What can we do? We can't just stay in here forever. We have to make a decision. So Ka'b ibn Asad, the leader of Bani Quraidha, he put three choices in front of them. He said, okay, we have three options and we have to choose one of these options. So let's discuss these options. So Ka'b ibn Asad, he said, okay, our first option is this. You know that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah that has been revealed in the Torah. We all know this. I know this and you know this. Ka'b ibn Asad is telling his people, Bani Quraidha. We all know 
that the reality is that Muhammad is truly the messenger of Allah that has been prophesized in the Torah. So we can become Muslim. We can accept Islam. And if we accept Islam, Muhammad will forgive us and he will not punish us. Now the Jews of Bani Quraidha, they rejected this outright. They said, no, we will never ever enter his religion. They rejected the first option. So Ka'b ibn Asad said, okay. The second option is this. We kill our own wives and our own children. We ourselves will kill our wives and we will kill our children. And then it will only be us men remaining. And then we will go out and we will fight. And if we are killed, okay, then that's the end of it. We are killed. And at least we don't have to worry about what's going to happen to our wives and what's going to happen to our children. That worry is gone because we already killed them. And if we are victorious, if we are able to defeat the Muslims, then we can go on with our lives. We can marry again. We can have more children. We can have new families. And they rejected that as well. The Jews of Bani Quraidha, they said, no, how can we do that? How can we kill our families? How can we kill our wives and our children? No way. So Ka'ab said, okay. The third and the final choice that we have is that tonight is the night of Asabt. The night of Saturday. And on the night of Saturday, the Jews, they were known not to do anything. They would just stay in their homes and they would rest and they would not do anything. So Ka'ab ibn Asad said, look, tonight is the night of Sabt. The Muslims know that we don't do anything on Sabt. So their guard is a little bit relaxed on Sabt because they know we're not going to do anything. So they're not keeping as close of a supervision as they would be keeping on other days because they're not expecting anything from us on a Sabt. So if we go out and we surprise them with an attack on a Sabt, something that they would never expect from us, maybe we will have a chance at defeating them. So then the Jews of Bani Quraidha, they said about this, no, we can't do this. You know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did to Bani Israel in the past when they violated the sacredness of a Sabt, he turned them into monkeys. We cannot do this. So all three of the choices that Ka'ab had put in front of his people, they rejected all of them. And then Ka'ab said to his people, truly you are an indecisive people. This is a situation where we have to make a decision and you people can't make a decision. I put the choices in front of you and you make excuses. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. You are truly an indecisive people. So they ended up doing nothing, no progress, and they stayed in their fortress. They stayed holed up in their fortress. After some time, one of the men from the Jews, one of the men who was in that fortress, a man named Amr ibn Sa'di, he was from the Jews of Bani Quraidha. He actually came out of the fortress. He came out of the fortress and Muhammad ibn Maslamah one of the Sahaba who was keeping guard of the fortress, he saw Amr ibn Sa'di come out and he captured him and he was about to kill him. But Amr ibn Sa'di said, wait, please just take me to your prophet. Please just take me to your prophet. I have something I need to talk to him about. So Muhammad ibn Maslamah said, okay. And he took him to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Amr came in front of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Amr said to him, Ya Muhammad, Wallahi, Wallahi, I swear by Allah, when 
Ka'ab ibn Asad and the Jews of Bani Quraidha when they decided to break the treaty that we had with you I was the only one who was completely against it I told them no we cannot break the treaty this is wrong I never accepted it I was the only one who stood against it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the Prophet ﷺ that Umar was telling the truth. He was actually completely against breaking the treaty and he didn't want to have anything to do with it. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth. And the Prophet ﷺ actually released him. He let him go because he had nothing to do with the treachery and he was against breaking the treaty. So the siege, it lasted for many days. It lasted for so many days. And there was no progress being made. So the Prophet ﷺ consulted some of his companions. What can we do to move this thing forward? There's no progress. What can we do to move it forward? So some of the companions under the leadership of Zubair ibn al-Awam and Ali ibn Abi Talib, two of the great warriors of the companions, عنهم, they said, okay, we will form a small group and we will go and we will break into the fortress. And either we will defeat them or we will be killed. So there was a group of Sahaba under the leadership of Ali ibn Abi Talib and Zubair ibn al-Awam. And they prepared themselves to break into the fortress. Now Bani Quraidha, they're seeing everything that's going on. And they see this group getting ready to break in under the leadership of Ali and Zubair. And the Jews know that Ali and Zubair these are two from amongst the bravest and the strongest and the greatest warriors of the companions. So when they see that their fortress is about to be infiltrated, they get scared. And they said, okay, okay, we surrender, we surrender. And finally, they surrendered. And they came out of their fortresses. 700 men. And the Prophet ﷺ ordered for all of these 700 men to be tied up. So these 700 men were tied up. Now, as we mentioned, the tribe of Aus, they had an alliance with Bani Quraidha from before. Just like Khazraj had an alliance with Banu Qaynuqa'a, Aus had an alliance with Banu Quraidha. So some of the people from Aus, they went to the Prophet ﷺ. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, Ahsin ila mawalina. Show compassion to the ones we are allied with, Bani Quraidha. As you showed compassion to those who were allied with Khazraj. Remember, Banu Qaynuqa'a, the Prophet had planned to kill them as well. But Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the head of the Munafiqeen, and he was from Khazraj. He said to the Prophet ﷺ, Like show compassion to my allies. So the Prophet ﷺ, instead of killing the men of Banu Qaynuqa'a, he exiled them from Al-Madinah. But the crime of Banu Quraidha, it was much worse than the crime of Banu Qaynuqa'a. Yes, Banu Qaynuqa'a, they also were guilty of treachery. But the treachery of Banu Quraidha was the worst type of treachery at the most important time. So this was the worst type of treachery. It was worse than the treachery of Banu Qaynuqa. 
So there was no other solution rather than to execute the men of Banu Quraidah. Exile was not enough of a punishment for them. They needed to be executed. But when the people of Aus came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, show compassion to our allies as you showed compassion to the allies of Khazraj before. Now this is a difficult situation for the Prophet ﷺ. So what he decided to do, he said to the Aus, the tribe of Aus, he said, would you be pleased if I leave it up to one of your own to decide what punishment that they should get? I won't make the decision for the punishment of Banu Quraidah myself. Rather, I will leave it to one of your tribesmen to decide the punishment. So then the Aus said, okay, who from amongst our tribe will you choose? Who will, who will you give the authority to choose the punishment for Bani Quraidah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, I will choose Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh. And Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh was a leader from the Aus. So now the Aus, they were very happy. They said, yes, yes, we accept this. We agree to this. We accept Sa'ad to be the one to decide who, uh, to decide what punishment will come to Bani Quraidah. And when Banu Quraidah heard this, they heard that Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh from the Aus, he is going to decide their punishment. They even felt relief. They thought, okay, he is from Aus. Aus is allied with us. There is nothing to worry about. We're not going to be killed. They felt some relief at that as well. But if you remember, we spoke about Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh last week. Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh and Sa'ad ibn Ubadah were the two men that the Prophet ﷺ sent to Bani Quraidah to confirm that they had actually betrayed the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims. And they confirmed that yes, Banu Quraidah had actually betrayed the trust of Rasulullah. Sa'ad ibn Ubadah was very angry. And Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh told Sa'ad ibn Ubadah, don't worry about talking to them. Don't don't insult them. Don't say anything to them. This is much bigger than words. And when the time comes, they will see their punishment, inshallah. So this, these were the words of Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh. And now, Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh has been given the authority to choose the punishment for these people. Their punishment was in his hand. So Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh, at that time, he was not present at Bani Quraidah because he was injured in the battle of Al-Khandaq. He was actually hit by an arrow in the battle of Al-Khandaq and he was injured and he was being nursed at a tent that was set up in the masjid. So the Prophet ﷺ sent for him to be brought to Banu Quraidah so that he could make the decision. So they went and they got him and they brought him to Bani Quraidah. And when Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh arrived at Bani Quraidah, the Prophet ﷺ, he was sitting down and he stood up and he said to the people, Qumu ila Sayyidikum. Stand up for your leader. So the people, they stood up out of respect for Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh. So the Prophet ﷺ told Sa'ad, I have given you authority to decide the punishment that will be given to Bani Quraidah for their treachery. So Sa'ad asked, he turned to the Aus and he said to them, will you accept whatever judgment I make? And the Aus said, yes. And then Sa'ad, he turned to the Khazraj, 
And he asked the Khazraj, will you accept whatever punishment I decide? They said, yes. And then he turned to the Muhajireen, the Sahaba of Mecca. And he said to them, will you accept whatever punishment I decide? They said, yes. And then Sa'ad turned to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he said, will the one who is here accept whatever punishment I decide? He didn't say, will you accept whatever punishment I decide? Out of respect, out of adab towards the Prophet ﷺ, he said, will the one who is here accept whatever punishment I decide? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. So everyone has agreed that they will accept whatever punishment Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh decides for Bani Qurayza. Now Bani Qurayza, they don't know what the decision is. They're not present at this meeting. It's only the Muslims. And Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh gives his decision. He says, as for the women and the children, they will be enslaved by us. They will become our slaves. As for the men, each and every one of them shall be executed. This was the punishment that Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh decided for the treachery of Bani Qurayza. The women and children would become slaves for the Muslims and the men would all be executed. When the Prophet ﷺ heard this ruling, the Prophet ﷺ said, Allahu Akbar. And he said to Sa'ad, you have ruled according to the ruling of Allah above the seven heavens. So to carry out the punishment that Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh had decided for Bani Qurayza, the Prophet ﷺ ordered that some ditches be dug in Medina. And then he ordered for the men, the men of Bani Qurayza, they were tied up, right? And they didn't know what Sa'ad had decided. They had no idea. So they were tied up and the Prophet ﷺ ordered for them to be taken out in groups of 10 by 10. So 10 would be taken and they would be taken to these ditches that were dug and the ditches were not right there. They were dug far away. So 10 men would go and they would not come back. And then 10 more men would go and they would not come back. And then as they were going in these groups, 10 by 10, some of them asked, where are they being taken? I wonder what they're doing with them. And then Kaab ibn Asad, he said, Wallahi, I have never seen any people more stupid than you. Don't you know what it is? Ten by ten they're going and no one is coming back. It is slaughter. They are being slaughtered like sheep are slaughtered. Just like a sheep. When they go for slaughter, they go and they don't come back. And then the next group goes and they don't come back. Then the next group goes and they don't come back. This is what is happening. And you are too stupid to understand that this is happening. So this is what Ka'b ibn Asad, the head of Banu Qurayza, he knew what was going on and he told them that this is exactly what is going on. As these groups were being taken, in one of the groups there was a, a young man. He was very young and he had just become baligh actually. He had just passed puberty a few days ago. Right? But the ruling was for all of the men who had passed the age of puberty, who had reached or passed the age of puberty, they were to be executed. So this boy, he had just a few days ago reached that age. So he was considered from the men. So he was being taken as well for execution. One of the women from the Muslims saw this man. He didn't look very old. 
and she felt sad for him she felt sorry for him and he said to her please do something save me I promise if you save me if you save me from being killed today I promise I will become a Muslim and I will pray I will become a Muslim and I will pray so this woman from the Muslims she went to the Prophet وسلم, and she said Ya Rasulullah can you please free Rufa'ah the, the name of this, this young man his name was Rufa'ah Ya Rasulullah can you please free Rufa'ah because he promised me he gave me his word that if you free him he will become a Muslim and he will pray so the Prophet وسلم, said okay I free him and he was freed and he kept his promise he became a Muslim and he became a good Muslim Alhamdulillah and he became from the Qurra he became from the good reciters of the Quran and when he would swear by Allah you know how when we swear we say Wallahi and the Prophet وسلم, sometimes he would say nafsi by the one in whose hand my life is in when Rufa'ah when he would swear he would swear by Allah by saying I swear by the one who saved me from the day of Bani Qurayza. So he remembered that day and, and, and he thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for saving him on that day. He was just literally a few steps away from being executed, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him and he became a good Muslim. So the men were executed in these groups of 10. They were executed. Ka'b ibn Asad was also executed. And Huyay ibn Akhtab. If you remember Huyay ibn Akhtab, he was not from Bani Qurayza. He was actually from Bani Nadir. He was the head of Bani Nadir. But remember, when he convinced Ka'b ibn Asad to betray the Prophet ﷺ, he promised him. He said that even if you are not victorious, I will stay with you. I will not abandon you. So he kept that promise and he stayed with Bani Qurayza and he was executed along with Bani Qurayza as, else, as well. So this was the end of Ka'b ibn Asad, the head of Bani Qurayza and this was the end of Huyay ibn Akhtab, the head of Bani Nadir. Both of them were executed on that day. So the 700 men were executed and the women and children were made slaves and they were distributed amongst the Muslims. From the Prophet wasallam's portion of those slaves was a woman named Rayhana al quradiyah and she came to the Prophet as his slave and he called her to Islam and he said to her if you become a Muslim I will free you if you become a Muslim I will free you and I will marry you but she refused this offer at first and she remained the slave of the Prophet for some time for some time eventually after some time she accepted Islam she became a Muslim alhamdulillah and the Prophet ﷺ freed her and he married her and she became Ummul Mu'mineen. Rayhana Al-Quradiyyah radiallahu anha. So this was the end of Ghazwat Bani Qurayza and this was the end of the last of the three Jewish tribes in Al-Madinah. So Banu Qaynuqa' were the first ones who were exiled from Medina. Then Banu Nadir were also exiled from Medina. And now Banu Qurayza were executed so this is the end of the jewish tribes of al-madina inshallah next week we will continue with the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in